What is up, friends? It is Chris. Welcome back to the Breath of Heaven podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are, whether you're running, doing dishes, driving, sitting on a couch somewhere. Regardless of what you're doing, we're going to jump into a topic in this podcast that I think needs to be discussed more. It is scriptural. Uh, There is a lot of different thoughts and opinions on this topic, but hopefully we were able to bring some clarity. This was a message that I shared in the Foundations of Prayer series, and we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit. So if I can just invite you to settle in whatever activity you are involved in or not involved in, and just ask the Lord to speak to you through it. Uh, I share a lot of scripture, and so it's always good when we can uh, go to the Word with whatever it is that we're learning about the Lord. So I hope that this blesses you. I hope it brings some clarity. I'm excited. Enjoy. I'll see you on the other side. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Some versions say, I do not want you to be ignorant of them. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I want to talk tonight about praying in the Spirit. We've had a bit of a series off and on over the last few months about foundations of prayer. And we've talked about cultivating a private prayer life and abiding in God. Um, We've talked about confessing to the Lord and and walking in forgiveness. But tonight I want to talk about one of my favorite aspects of prayer. And that is praying in the Spirit. Now I want to say I'm going to glue super tight to my notes because I literally just finished writing this earlier and it was a lot. So I'm just going to stick to it and try to articulate it the clearest I can. In Acts chapter 2, we find the 120 gathered in the upper room on what we would call Pentecost, but would have been Shavuot to the Jewish people. Shavuot, the festival of weeks, is the second of three pilgrim festivals of the Jewish religious calendar. It was originally an agricultural festival, Stan, you would like this, marking the beginning of the wheat harvest. During the temple period, the first fruits of the harvest were brought to the temple and two loaves of bread were made from the new wheat and were offered. They would go on to decorate the temple with flowers um, and fruit and celebrate the fruits of the harvest. Okay, so we're talking about Shavuot. This is going to lead into praying in the Spirit, but I want to give some foundation here. Rewind back to Exodus 19 and 20, which we're not going to read tonight. But on this same day, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses. This is when the law was written in the Old Testament, and also when the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples in the New Testament. If you go back further to the beginning in Genesis 1, Scripture says... In Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and then God spoke creation into existence. 
All of creation is the result of his spirit and his word. Okay? We must value both his word and his spirit. You can't have one without the other. You can't value one more than the other. Jesus said in John 16, uh, verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So where did Jesus send the Holy Spirit? To us. Where did the Holy Spirit live? Where does the Holy Spirit live when we're baptized in the Spirit? In us, right? Verse 13, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So the Holy Spirit will guide you, speak to you, disclose things to you, and glorify Jesus through you. In verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Now I talk about this next part a lot, that we are made up of spirit, soul, and body, because I think it's really important to remember that there's three parts of what make us who we are. I recently heard, and it was actually very frustrating, I heard a group of, um, like, like, Bible scholar people sitting around, and they were trying to disprove, just for the sake of conversation, that, that we are made up of spirit, soul, and body. So, I have the Greek definitions, scripturally, to prove that we are spirit, soul, and body. The idea was that soul and spirit are the same thing, which is just false. So, the word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma. The word soul comes from the Greek word suke, spelled psyche, which is where we get the term psychology. The, the word for body is the word soma, which we would call like our flesh and bones, our appetites, our uh, natural desires, so to speak. And a good reference for this, if anyone is taking notes, um, would be Hebrews 4.12, which is just a really good verse to show the distinguishing between soul and spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says in verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. Paul goes on here, if anyone knows this uh, chapter of scripture well, to highlight the importance of prophecy. And it's something that I actually want to hopefully share next. It's another thing that I love uh, just to see the Lord do is to speak through his people. But I want to highlight this phrase again. I will pray with my soul and with my spirit, with my understanding and with my spirit that bypasses my understanding. So how do we pray with the spirit? We talked in the last message uh, in this series about praying with the heart and the character of Jesus in understanding his ways through scripture. In other words, with what we know of him through his word. Now we're going to dive into uh, praying in the spirit. Remember, it is by his word and his spirit. And Paul writes beautifully, for in him we live and move and exist. So let's talk about an exciting topic. Uh, that we don't talk about enough corporately, which is the topic of tongues. 
I want to talk tonight about four types of tongues, okay? Lee and I were talking about this earlier. Specifically, I want to discuss two of them, but tonight I think in order to give context uh, for this topic, that it's, it's cool to highlight sort of different aspects of tongues that are um, of the Lord and are biblical. I realize that this is a challenging topic for some, and that it has been taught against, and more plainly put, it has been excused away by a lot of the church, especially, truthfully, in our area, in our region. For so many people who suggest that it is dangerous to live by your experiences, which I agree, I feel like a lot of theologies have been built around experiences that maybe someone didn't pray in tongues, or maybe someone didn't see a healing manifest, or maybe someone didn't walk in a gift of the Spirit that they thought they might understood. And so instead of letting Scripture challenge us, we have just said, well, that doesn't exist. We're just going to ignore that part. And that's actually equally dangerous to do. First perspective on what we're about to talk about. If you believe in the God that sent His Son to earth by the power of the Holy Spirit through a virgin giving birth, and that He died, was buried, and rose again, Tongues really shouldn't be that much of a stretch. I'm just going to be honest. If it is, though, I understand that it might seem strange, and that's why I want to break it down as simple as I can tonight. And hopefully, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have this discussion very clear. If it is good, if it is God, it is good. If it is not God, I do not want it. Okay? Here's a really good prayer to pray. Father, if something is of you, I want it. If something is not of you, I do not want it. Okay? This is a good prayer for a lot of areas of life, not just spiritual gifts. (laughs) If this job is of you, I want it. If it is not, I don't. If that girl is of you, I want her. If she is not, I don't. Right? We can pray this about anything. So the first uh, type of tongues we're going to talk tonight about is foreign language. This is what we read in Acts chapter 2, when the 120 are gathered together in Pentecost in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they began speaking in other tongues. They were supernaturally enabled to speak languages that they had not learned. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read a fair bit of scripture tonight. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. In verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit was giving utterance. Now, There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes... Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, I used to know how to say that word, Egypt and the districts of Libya um, around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both 
the Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking them, saying that they were filled of sweet wine. Now there's people who argue that there was, and I'm not making this argument tonight, but I found it intriguing as I was studying into being able to articulate. There's people who believe that the, the power of what happened in that moment was both the gift of tongues being spoken and also the understanding of tongues to the people who were around. Just an interesting thought. This is where the Holy Spirit empowers them with the ability to take the gospel around the world. So let's back up one chapter to Jesus speaking to them in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Okay, so remember at the beginning of this talk tonight that I shared about Shavuot, the festival of weeks. It was originally an agricultural festival marking the beginning of the wheat harvest. How amazing is it that God, in his holiness, (laughs) had the Holy Spirit fall on them to take the gospel to the nations at the wheat harvest, at the harvest time. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest and send out workers into the harvest. So why the gift of being able to speak in different languages? It's to be able to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this is going to be a lot of what we talk about tonight. Verse 1, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. So when we aren't speaking to man, but we're speaking to God, what are we doing? Sure, but like in normal, normal conversation, if I'm not speaking to you and I'm speaking to the Lord, what am I doing? Praying, praying right? So if I'm not speaking to man, but I'm speaking to God, I am praying. Praying in tongues is not meant for other people to understand. Okay, and this is a big hang-up that I hear a lot of people talk about. When you pray in tongues, it's not meant for other people to understand. Verse 2 says, in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. In fact, unless the Holy Spirit gives you revelation, you won't understand what you're praying either. Praying in the Spirit bypasses our mind, God bless you, bypasses our soul, our thoughts, our understanding. Romans 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Okay. ABC News, quite a while back. Some of you, have you, any of you guys know what I'm about to talk about? ABC News did a study on praying in tongues. Have you guys seen this? Okay, super cool. I watched it again today, and there was this lady dancing, and it just, like, blessed me. Uh, Nightline covered a medical story that had been done by Dr. Andrew Newberg at the University of Pennsylvania to monitor what happens to someone's brain while they are praying in tongues. In this study, they asked the pastor to pray while having his brain scanned. First, they asked him to pray in English, and then they asked him to pray in tongues. The scan showed that when he was praying in English, his frontal lobe was activated, and that when he was praying in tongues, it was mostly inactive. To take the study further, they scanned additional people worshiping without the Nightline crew present and without the prompting of when to pray in tongues. They just let him go. And that, was, that lady was awesome. A lady they scanned had music playing and was dancing and worshiping Jesus, and the results were even more intense when she prayed in tongues, not paying attention to other people being around her, just in her own time with the Lord. Additionally, they studied Buddhist monks meditating, Franciscan nuns praying, and found a strong contrast in their result. When Christians prayed in tongues, it bypassed their mind, while when the others in their study, it increased their focus while they were meditating or praying. So their brains actually got more active in their time of meditation or prayer, while when praying in the spirit, the mind was at rest. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for I pray in a tongue. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Praying in tongues is moving beyond our own ability to articulate and beyond your understanding of both what needs to be prayed for and what you are praying for. In other words, you pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the mind also, which leads us to singing in the Spirit. Does this need to be broken down in a separate category? Not necessarily, but I do think that it's applicable because when we sing in the Spirit, it's not necessarily just praying in tongues. So what does it mean to sing in the Spirit? When we sing songs in worship, we worship, we worship with both our spirit and our soul. Our spirit longs to worship. We are literally created to worship Jesus. There's an old saying uh, that I actually feel like is super revelatory that says there's a God-shaped hole inside of us that only he can fill. <laughs> when we choose to worship, we bring our soul, our mind, will, and emotions in line with our spirit to glorify Jesus. We worship with our minds and our understanding by writing songs, by singing written songs. We worship with our will uh, by deciding to lift our voices. We worship with our emotions by expressing adoration to Jesus out of excitement, love, and sometimes even through pain. Scripture talks about being able to bring a sacrifice of praise. And there's actually um, a Bill Johnson quote that I love where he says, You can't bring a sacrifice of praise when you're in heaven because everything's perfect. 
The only place that you can sacrifice to worship is on earth. Which makes it even more of a gift to be able to worship through our pain, through our difficulty, through our questions. Amen? I realize that this can sound a little trippy and strange if you don't have a grid for this, okay? And so that's why uh, I want to explain just some examples. Often when Jess and I are leading worship, um, we can sense when things are weird in the atmosphere. Like we can feel like there's like some kind of resistance or, um, I don't know, we, we can sense my son throwing a fit. <laughs> Do you guys feel that? Oh, shit, calm down. Anyways, often when we're leading worship somewhere and we can feel just like funkiness in the room, we will stop singing with our understanding and we'll either, usually the way we are, we'll step back off the mic most of the time and we'll sing in tongues or we will sing melodies that aren't made with our understanding. Okay, so it's like we just open our mouths and start to sing the melodies that come out. And I, I tell you, man, like when we do that, I always feel the room shift. Okay, when there's like weirdness or there's like warfare, that's what shifts the room. Not typically me coming up with the best song I could think of to sing. Okay, it's when I bypass my understanding and allow the Holy Spirit to move through us, through us singing with our spirits, that the atmosphere shifts. So really wild, interesting, quirky story, but I, years back, I was a part of a home church, and we would do these big conferences, like when there was a specific speaker who would come to Florida, we would go and be his ministry team. So we would go pray for people and prophesy over people, and it was a wonderful season. We got invited to come and take care of the kids at this really big conference that was happening. Now, it was going to be a super wild, fun, crazy conference. The, the lead speaker was, I think, Heidi Baker, and just she's literally given her life to missions. Like, they've taken in hundreds, if not thousands, of kids out of the sex slave trade. Um, she's literally just, like, laid her life down. And, like, there's something in the authority on that woman, man, like, when she ministers that, I don't know, the Lord moves her in an amazing way. All I have to say, we knew it was going to be a super fun conference. And they said, hey, can you watch all the kids? And I was like, what? We, want, we, wanted, to be, we wanted to be in the conference, man. And so what we decided to do is throw a conference for the kids instead of just babysitting. So I think we had like 50-ish kids. And it was a big conference. And we had like 50-ish kids in this room, separate from the, the conference room. And so we, we all bring guitars, and we, we worship with the kids, and we just start sharing things. Now, Jesus says, come to him like a child, right? So what's amazing is children don't have blockages yet, okay? That can be used for bad, and that can be wonderful. They don't have a grid for, like, I tried to prophesy, and it fell flat. I'll never do that again. Or, like, I was told people don't get healed anymore, so I'm not going to pray for him. They don't have any of that, okay? So these kids all come. We're leading worship. It's amazing. <laughs> we, we just do the simplest stuff. We're like, hey, guys, like, you can see in the Spirit, and you can hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. So we go into worship, kind of left it at that. And after, we ask, like, hey, did anybody, like, sense anything? The stuff these – I'm not even going to try to, to recount them because I won't remember the specifics. But the stuff that they said was so wild, so biblically accurate, so, like, what? I want to see what you're seeing. Okay. <laughs> So, um, we, we, we decided to teach on singing in the Spirit. And this was the home church leader's idea. 
And so he gets me and him up there, and we're kind of tag team just talking about worship and whatever. And he goes, which I didn't know he was going to do. He goes, hey, watch this. Let's close our eyes and listen and sing what we hear. So there's me and him with microphones, no music. And we close our eyes. We wait, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. At the exact same moment, on the exact same key, we both open our mouth and sing the same melody to the point where we looked at each other freaked the heck out. We sang the same melody together and we were like, what just happened? Like, I didn't actually, not that I didn't expect it to work, but like, that was more than I was aiming for, you know? And so I don't even know if the kids caught it, but we were freaked out. Just to finish the story about the conference, those kids ended up going on to like minister over people. Heidi found out that we were doing a conference with the kids and she said, that's it, forget all the adults, give me the kids from the ministry team. And so, um, have I told this story before? I'm gonna tell it because it's fun, it's a side note. So we take, we each have like four kids, right? And, uh, and this is before I had kids. So not that I wasn't good with kids, but like, you know, I didn't, I don't I haven't had kids yet. So we each had like four kids we were in charge of. And Heidi said, when I pray for someone, if they fall, send the kids over just to love on them. And we're like, okay, easy enough. So this is happening. People are falling on the spirit. The Lord's moving. It's beautiful. And I go over to pray for this lady who's on the floor. And my kid, one of my kids that I was watching, goes up and kisses this lady ten times on the forehead. And I'll be honest, that sounds sweet, but I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like... I'm in charge of you right now. This is super awkward. (laughs) The lady gets up and says, very seriously, why did you do that? Oh, man, I'm going to cry. The boy, without missing a beat, said, that was for your 10 babies that are in heaven. She had had 10 miscarriages. I talked to her after the meeting. Children don't have walls. When you tell them that they can hear in the Spirit and that they can hear the Holy Spirit speak to them, it's really powerful. All right. So let's talk about... (laughs) Let's talk about tongues with interpretation. And this is the one that I think a lot of us are going to be most familiar with. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. And I'm just going to read like a big portion of this chapter. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets. So that the church may receive edifying. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will it profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Yet even lifeless things, either flute or harp, in producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the notes or in the tones, how will it be known what is being played on the flute or the harp? For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to one, uh, to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. 
So also, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Therefore, let no one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may, uh, sorry, therefore let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the mind also. We keep reading the scripture. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the mind also. Verse 16. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Don't know why this verse gets left out. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you guys, which is also a flex. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Okay, so there's a difference between praying in tongues in your prayer language and prophesying in tongues. Prophesying in tongues, uh, sorry, praying in tongues edifies you and glorifies God. In order to effectively and correctly prophesy in tongues, it needs to be interpreted. So the church that we go to on Sundays, um, I've actually seen this really beautifully portrayed. And also the church that I grew up in would do this on occasion. But the church we go to, there's a lady who has the gift of tongues. Okay, And she doesn't share every Sunday. It's not like you're going to come and there's a lady speaking tongues all the time. But on occasion, she will get a word and she can sense. And it's not uncontrollable, which is really interesting. This lady is super interesting to me. She can feel that she needs to release prophetically in tongues. She'll go in order to one of the elders or the pastor and say, I feel like I need to release a word. And in the right time in the service, they'll have her go up and she will speak in tongues and then we'll wait until there's an interpretation. And we actually don't move on until it's interpreted. Now, I'll be honest, I grew up around the gifts of the Spirit. I grew up around seeing healing and praying in the Spirit and all these things. The first time I led worship, and I'm on stage, and we're playing, and they, they like, stopped singing for her to speak in tongues. She went and spoke, and even I was like, oh, man, like, I hope it's interpreted. Like, this is super interesting. And I'm just kind of, like, playing and waiting. And sure enough, it was. Someone in the congregation had the interpretation for the tongue. And so what's really interesting, and when that's done in order, just like any other prophetic word, if it was done and there was no interpretation, it would be corrected privately. And if it was done publicly, it would also be corrected publicly. But there is actually a gifting of prophecy in tongues that will be interpreted. Paul says to pursue the gifts of the Spirit. As much as we need to be careful not to go overboard with putting the things of the Spirit above God over the God who gave them to us, we also need to be super careful not to neglect the gifts that he gives us, okay? And not to excuse it away. So, just to close this, I pray in tongues often, okay? I pray when I'm alone with the Lord, uh, when I'm driving, when I'm spending my quiet time with him, uh, when I'm not sure what to pray, I pray in tongues. I pray and I sing in the Spirit, Praying in tongues edifies us and glorifies God. 
And I really want to talk tonight about praying in tongues, but I felt, and I hope this wasn't too long, but I felt like I needed to give context for the different aspects of operating in tongues and the different sort of gifting versus prayer, okay? One yes needs to be interpreted. One is for you and the Lord, and it's private. I believe it is such an important part of the life of a believer to pray and sing, not just with our understanding, but also in the spirit. A lot of the time we get wrapped up in our heads uh, and and we're not able uh, to worship and, and pray past our understanding. And this is where praying in the spirit really comes in. So just to share uh, two more short stories. Jess and I, we were going to a church and a lady asked us to pray for her. I'm going to do my best to remember the details. I don't remember exactly what the, I think I remember what it was. Um, a lady asked us to pray for her. She didn't tell us what to pray for. Okay, so we went up and we just started praying in the spirit under our breath. You know, and I think a lot of why people are freaked out by tongues is because it's been really like charismaniaized. And people almost do that to like show off spirituality or something. I don't know. But we pray in the spirit under our breath, not to freak anyone out. We're, just, we're praying. We don't know what to pray. She didn't tell us what to pray. And so Jess puts her hand on her abdomen, and I see like a blockage. And so we pray the things that we see. I don't remember the rest of the details, but we pray the things that we see. And it turns out, well, she falls out in the spirit. And um, then when she gets back up, she tells us that, was, I think she had a cyst on her ovary, right? So she had a cyst on her ovary, but she hadn't told us that. But as we're praying in the spirit, we start to sense and see that there's something that's blocked or there's something that's on, something that needs to go away. And so we, we pray over her. She falls out. She gets up. We hug her. Everything's wonderful. She goes home and decides to pray for her sister, who has no grid for these things of the spirit. Her sister falls out in the spirit at home. And so, super crazy. And then she comes back, and she went to the doctor, and the cyst was gone, right? Remember this story perfectly? I, I wish I would. I probably journaled this somewhere. The point, though, is when we don't know what to pray, we pray in the Spirit. Often when we're praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit, we get revelation of what actually needs to be prayed for. So we will start to have understanding of what's actually happening as we're tuning into praying in the Spirit. So something to add is that I choose to pray in tongues, okay? What I mean by that is it doesn't just, like, explode out of my body. I know that sounds wild, but a lot of people 
when we pray about them receiving their prayer language, they think that they're just going to be like overtaken and all of a sudden their mouth is going to run like crazy and they won't be able to stop it. Now, I have friends who actually had that happen, so I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But when I pray in tongues, when I pray in the Spirit, I make my mouth move in line with what I feel happening in my spirit, okay? So I feel like we can get into that more another time. But as you ask the Lord for your prayer language, often I find that he gives you phrases. He gives you uh, something that you are able to use your mouth to actually speak out. And as you do that, then you start to bypass your thinking and bypass your understanding. Does that make sense? Okay. This is, to me, what makes the study that we talked about so intriguing that the brain goes inactive when they prayed in tongues. It bypassed that part of their understanding. So you're choosing to open your mouth, but it's the Holy Spirit who is moving through it. Okay, last little story just because. Uh, I went to Israel when I was 16 with my parents. My mom is here so she can testify to this. And we went to the upper room. Speaking of Shavuot and Pentecost, we went to the upper room and we crammed our whole church in there. And our pastor said, hey guys, let's just pray in the spirit. And so we did. So we all started praying in tongues. Not saying in tongues, we were all praying in tongues. As we're praying in tongues, all of a sudden, this chorus fills the whole room. Like, full chorus of voices. This is one of the wildest experiences of my life. I have, I can count on one hand, like, in, like unexplainable, crazy God things that make me sound like a crazy person. This is one of them. This is like number three. Okay? Chorus of voices start happening to the point where we all open our eyes and start looking at each other. Still praying in the spirit, but we're all looking at each other to see if anyone started singing. No one was singing. Everyone is straight up praying. And this whole chorus of voices fills the room. I really do believe that there were angels singing with us in that moment. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. So, I want to pray for us tonight. Was this cool? Did this add any, any little bits for anyone? Okay. Good. Good, good. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And if you want to pray together, if you've not received your prayer language, or if you feel uh, like there's something in this that the Lord wants to move through you, we're just going to hang over here. Anyone else? Eat, do whatever you want to do. I'm just going to put some music on, but I would love to pray with anyone if you feel like you want to ask the Holy Spirit tonight to give you your prayer language. Lee just got baptized in the Spirit the other day. We were just talking about that before, and so Lee's going to pray with me if anyone wants to pray. Um, Father, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. Thanks for joining us, friends. I hope that this brought some clarity for you. There is phrases that Paul says throughout the New Testament that I absolutely love, and he talks about being stewards of the mysteries of God, which I think is such a cool phrase. I love that God is bigger than our understanding. I love that he surpasses my ability to fully comprehend him, and I just need to be okay with that. There are certain things that are mysteries. However, in topics like this, my hope and my prayer is to somewhat demystify things that just sound out there to people, especially if you didn't grow up in a background or a church tradition that utilizes or celebrates the gift of the, the gifts of the Spirit. I was just talking with my wife earlier today about this topic again, and just saying, like, 
since the first time I prayed for someone to receive their prayer language and they expected this overwhelming, mysterious thing to happen to them, and instead of it just being a subtle thing that the Lord led them in, I w- I've spent the last 10 plus years contemplating, Lord, how can I articulate the things and the gifts of the Spirit in a way that is clear, that is not contrived, that is not over charismatic, if you want to say it that way, but this is just true to who you are. And so I hope that this message was able to do that a bit. I hope that it was able to uh, communicate clearly, scripturally. But I just want to invite you, if it's of God, I want it. If it is not of God, I don't want it. So if, if receiving your prayer language is something that you want to ask the Lord for, even right where you are when this podcast ends, you can stop, close your eyes, calm your mind and just say, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? Will you baptize me? I want to receive my prayer language and wait and allow him to lead you in that. And he might give you a phrase that you can then speak out and you can partner with what he's doing. If that's something that you feel like you would rather do with someone else, I encourage you to find a believer that you know walks in the gifts of the Spirit and ask them to pray with you. Uh, If you are in proximity or close to myself or our team here in Jamestown, grab one of us and just say, hey, I really want to learn to pray in the Spirit, and I want to be filled with the Spirit. Can you pray with me? And we would love to do that, whether it's on a Friday night or any time. So let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would use your word to penetrate our hearts and lead us to grow closer to you today. I bless each and every person listening to this podcast, and I pray that you would lead them in your way of everlasting, God, that you would just speak truth to them. And yeah, God, we let go of anything not of you, and we want everything that has to do with you, God. Lead us to follow you firstly before anything else that we do, before we're leaders, we're followers, before we're spouses and parents and co-workers and business owners and whatever else God we're followers so would you lead us in Jesus name amen hey bless you guys if you want to find more teachings resources or music from breath of heaven music check out breathofheaveninc.org breathofheaveninc.org you can also donate there if you want to help us continue the ministry of breath of heaven here in Jamestown and now around the world as we start to expand our reach beyond Jamestown. Anyways, love you guys. Bless you. I'll see you in the next one.